Hi shitties, it's me, Eddie Stevens. Bam, I'm back in my shed. It is a Wednesday for the love of Christ, and it's 2.45pm, that's my time, alright? You can use it if you want to, but it's mine. Um, and I'm here for a midweek premiership podcast. Now, it's, my brain has been doing weird things lately. Um, one of the things it's it's done is it's been telling me that it would be a good idea to have for the the foreseeable future, a weekend podcast, regular rugby rant banter, and then a midweek premiership pod. Um, but I've just realized in the last few seconds that there's only going to be premiership after this weekend. The World Cup will be completely over. So actually, it's only today and maybe next week that I'll need to do a midweek premiership pod. So isn't that uh, a bit of a, a letdown. Uh, maybe not. Maybe you don't give a shit. I'm not sure I give a shit. I'm not even sure what I'm talking about anymore. It's my birthday today. Um, I am. Uh, well, I hesitated on telling my age. I'm 44. All right. You wouldn't tell by looking at me or seeing my performance in the bedroom. But um, uh, it's hilarious. I've got to talk really quietly for a second. My um, My daughter just came home from school. And she hasn't mentioned anything about my birthday. And I think she doesn't know that it's my birthday. And I find this hilarious. Um, but anyway, uh, I have tried really hard to watch all of, the, all of the premiership action. But because of all the bloody, all of the bloody interruptions of, of, birth, of happy birthday wishes from friends and family and people stopping by, because I'm so bloody popular, I've been, I haven't been able to watch all the rugby. I've watched... Three out of five. Wait, how many games were there? I've only watched three matches. One, two, three. Wait a minute. Okay. My brain is not mathing right now. Uh, I've watched all the matches except two. So I guess I only watched three full matches. Now, let's just really, um, before I, actually, before I even get into that, I just want to say how nice it feels. As much fun as the World Cup has been, and I loved the World Cup. Um, seeing England crash out of it, very depressing, but God, they did us proud. And there is a third place playoff still to play, and we're excited about that. At least I am. As much fun as it's been, I'm kind of glad that it's going to be over so we can just focus on the Premiership now because I love the Premiership. You know, the World Cup is a huge deal. It's very fucking... Um, it's almost too exciting. There's non-stop games, multiple rivalries, um, so many opportunities to see your least favorite teams lose and laugh and gloat at them. And um, but it's intense. It's so fucking intense. There's so much riding on it. It's it's emotionally hard to watch, isn't it? Um, whereas the Premiership is just nice. Like nothing really matters, especially this early on, right? Oh well. But- only this early on. Eventually, it's going to all going to matter. But right now, it's just watching the Premiership, watching the Rugby Premiership, um, is like just sitting down in your favourite comfy chair or couch um, with a nice cup of tea or coffee, and just sitting down, relaxing, turning on the telly, and watching your favourite game of rugby. That's the stupidest analogy anyone has. I just, I just made an, an, an analogy, which is hard to say. I made an, an 
I'm trying to say I made an anal analogy for watching Premiership rugby by just by 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 saying you're watching a you're watching Premiership rugby. That's the analogy. Watching r- rugby is like watching rugby. What a fucking idiot I am. But you know what I'm trying to say. It's like a nice relaxing game of rugby to watch, sitting down and relaxing, whereas the World Cup is more like laying outside in the hot, hot sun, shooting up with smack and fucking having rugby <laughs> fired up your asshole. Christ, that made no sense at all. But I think, I think in a weird way you knew exactly what I meant. Anyway... That's enough of that. Let's talk about the premiership, shall we? Um, now, this is technically Rugby Ranta Banter, episode 196. Let's go. Okay, so yes, full disclosure, I didn't watch every single match. I started watching Newcastle versus Gloucester, but um, since the conditions in that match um, uh, were very similar to the conditions uh, inside a girl's pants when I talk about my podcast, they love it. They love it when I talk about my rugby podcast. Oh my God, wet as fuck. That's the conditions that the... That, um, Newcastle and Gloucester were playing in. I decided I'd skip that one because I'm not in the mood for a bunch of stodgy old bullshit. And I saw that Gloucester, all I know from this match is that Gloucester narrowly won. And I started to look at the highlights, ran out of time, but I sort of skipped through and I stopped on a point where Adam Radwan scored a lovely try. And since that was just a random point in those highlights and it showed Adam Radwan scoring a try, I'm assuming he scored a dozen tries. So... We all know Adam Radwan is amazing. And then uh, Saracens versus Bath. I saw Saracens lost again, although a, a much more, well, a much narrower loss than the one they suffered at the hands of, who beats Exeter, Exeter Chiefs. Um, and you know what? I'm not surprised that Saracens lost to Bath. When you look at that Bath squad, they've got Finn Russell leading from fly half, and they don't really lose a lot of players to the World Cup, as far as I can think of. The only players I'm think the only player I can think of is uh, Will um, uh, uh, Stewart, Will Stewart, uh, who is not mega vital. Um, I'm just trying to think through the Bath team. I don't think they're missing much, you know, whereas Saracens really are um, suffering from missing a full complement of all the, all their internationals who are at the World Cup. I think when you get the likes of Owen Farrell, Mar- Marotoji, um, Ben Earl, uh, and co when you once you get them all back it's going to be so i mean it's going to be a completely different situation so i'm not reading too much into that but let's talk about the matches that i did watch fully first of all northampton versus bristol um lots of good stuff to see and it was a really exciting game northampton plays such an exciting style of rugby as do bristol um first off tommy freeman at 13 i thought was a huge success um I love Tommy Freeman. I think he was unlucky not to make the World Cup squad and will be back in England contention soon. And I think some people have mentioned in the past, I forget who, I'm pretty sure that Tommy Freeman has been brought up as an option to play centre because he has all of the attributes. He's a big, strong, hard runner with uh, really good hands, you know. Um, So good to see him playing there. 
Um, we saw Vakatawa playing for Bristol finally. Um, or was it again? Did he play last week? I can't remember. But all I could think when I saw him was, what a physique. It's not fair. Um, and it's just another reason. Just looking at him is one of the reasons that we need to um, stifle the development of Pacific uh, nations so that they, they can't unleash that kind of physical threat on us. Um, having said that, uh, what's his face? The Saints winger, I've forgotten his name, Ram. I can't remember his first name. We'll just call him Ram Man. Ram Man, the Saints winger, the Australian Saints winger, absolutely fucking smashed him and pretty much took him out of the game. Um, let's see. Yeah, that Northampton attack, though, is a thing of beauty. Their defense isn't great, you know, but when you've got an attack like that, my God, and that's a Sam Vesti attack. Are we going to see Sam Vesti brought into the England squad at some point? Because I don't think it would hurt, would it? Provided Borthwick picks the right players to play that style. Because um, we saw Nick Evans in the England squad, and Nick Evans is a great attack coach. Harlequins play a great attacking style and have done for years. Nick Evans obviously knows what he's doing as well. And yet he was brought in for a short period of time under Eddie Jones, I think. I think it was pre-Borthwick. And we didn't see him make a massive difference, but it's just not enough time, is it? I don't know. Has has who is the England attack coach right now? You're not going to tell me. All right, fine. Just keep it to yourself. Um, but yeah, the Saints backline super exciting, and apparently uh, there was a stat shared by the uh, commentator uh, that Rory Hutchinson had said uh, that the Saints backline, just the backs, had put on twenty to 30 kilos collectively, which is a significant amount. Um, they look good. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah. I'm just, I'm just checking through my notes, by the way. Uh, Maxwell keys was refereeing. He's much better than he used to be, but he's, he still makes some very odd decisions. And I, and I made a note here. I wrote forward pass, but I don't remember what that was. Whenever Nigel Maxwell keys referees, if you please, I don't want to tease, but these are the facts. Um, I'm scratching my head going, how did he miss that? Or how did he interpret that? Um, anyway, uh, from, from Maxwell Keys to Max Laheef, which almost rhymes, Max Laheef had a great game and I really like Maxwell Keys. Uh, sorry, Max Laheef. Um, I don't like Max Le Maxwell Keys. Good God, I'm confusing myself. I want to know what causes Max Laheef's wide-eyed, slightly psychotic aura that he always has. Do you know what I mean? Because you like, if you read Max Laheef's tweets or comments or you listen to his commentary, he has, he's deliciously eloquent. You know, it sounds like something he would say. Um, but when he plays, and even when he doesn't, when you just watch him walking around, he has this really disturbing, like, thousand-yard stare, and he looks like a man who is on a lot of stimulants. But I want to know, is he actually on stimulants or is this like a genetic thing? I could see him as being just, he's inherited some kind of primal warrior genetic disposition. There's something going on in his brain that makes him always in kill mode. I don't know if that makes sense, what I just said. I hope it does. All I'm saying is he looks and acts like a psycho, but talks like a, a gentleman. Um... 
Now, this is interesting. I'm looking through my notes, and it says, I really like Langdon. Who is Langdon? Oh, 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 the hooker. Yeah, he was at sale, wasn't he? I think he was at sale, and then he went to, I believe, Montpellier. And uh, where he must have learned to fight there, because he's last week against sale, he was trying to fight everybody. Um, and he's and he looks like he's up for it every time he plays. But he's going to be a very very handy Saints signing. But what happened to Tom Cruise? Where's he? I don't know. Um, Tom Pearson settled in nicely at Saints. I think he scored a try this weekend. Uh, he is in my fantasy team, so that was nice. Um, little Harry Randall uh, did well in fantasy rugby. I didn't notice him do that much in this match, and it was an interesting matchup between him and Tom James. Tom James uh, coming out on top. I felt like well not. I felt objectively having a better performance than Rafi Quirk last week. This time I would say little Harry Randall was a little bit better, Um, but that's a little Harry Randall. How can you fuck with him? Um, Oh yeah. Not rugby related at halftime. I had uh, when you watch rugby in America, I watch it on the rugby network now, which isn't very good, but they don't do any kind of halftime chat or anything. They just have the audio from the pitch from the stadium and you hear the sounds of like the halftime entertainment. Whoever was doing the music at the at the at Franklin's Gardens was fucking amazing. Um, my only other note for this match was that Ibatoye is such an elusive runner. Um, now Leicester versus Sale, great, exciting match. Um, my first impression, I was looking at the team sheets, and. When I looked at Leicester's pack, I wasn't that I didn't find it that impressive. But they did compete well against Sales Pack, who, you know, are arguably the best pack in the premiership. Um I love Jamie Shilcock, by the way. Jamie Shilcock was playing fly half for Leicester in this match. Now, Jamie Shilcock is, I think, one of the most underrated players in the premiership. He was playing for Worcester for years, looking incredible. And then where did he go? He went somewhere else. I think he even went to Japan for a bit, and now he's at Leicester. He can play wing and fullback and fly half. He's a great goal kicker. He's a really good attacking threat. And um, the only downside to seeing him start at Leicester is it meant that my beloved Charlie Atkinson isn't starting at fly half, which is a shame because I do see him as the second coming. Um, Shilcock and Mike fucking Brown. Mike fucking Brown. Who would have thought I'd be talking about him still? Two lovely... um, interactions uh, early on between Shilcock and Brown, where Mike fucking Brown ends up scoring a Mike fucking Brown try. And um, you know what? I was watching these, both the fullbacks in this game, because I thought O'Flaherty played very well at fullback, which I must've seen him play there before, but I don't remember it. He was very good aerially, very good in attack, solid defensively, although he is a little bit small. Um, but despite all that, he was still the second best fullback on the pitch. Mike fucking Brown, like, you're going to accuse me of being biased and you're going to say, oh, you're going to love Mike fucking Brown. I don't play that game. Yes, I will. I will hype up a player I love a little bit. But honestly, at Leicester, if I've got a choice between, between Mike fucking Brown and Freddie Stewart, the current England fullback, that's a difficult decision. That is still a difficult decision. Isn't that crazy? Um, let's see. Yeah, here's another thing about Leicester. I was looking through the, the Leicester lineup, and it occurred to me there's there are a lot of players in that Leicester team where it's either their first season at Leicester or their second. Because Mike Williams is new, Hatherall is new, 
Whiteley is new. Shilcock is new. Josh Bassett is new. Mike fucking Brown is new. Cracknell is new. Hassel Collins is new. So many new players. And I think that that is something that is probably very difficult for Leicester to deal with. And they're up against Sale, who are a much more established squad, I feel like. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, looking at Sale's established lineup, their starting scrum half today was their starting scrum half for most of last season. That's Gus War. Um, uh, but he was only starting line, uh, scrum half last year because of a Rafi Quirk injury. And this season, first match of the season, Rafi Quirk started. Didn't look that great. Gus War came on, played all right. I still don't quite get how you're going to start Gus War over Rafi Quirk, to be honest with you, but that's what they did. Um, speaking of the sale lineup uh, squad, I forgot, I totally forgot that Luke Cowan-Dickey is at sale now. And I saw him celebrating on the sidelines and I thought, what the fuck's going on here? Oh yeah, he plays for them now. And it's, it is tricky, isn't it, when you're a winger because you want them to try and get involved. But I've said during the World Cup, this England squad is not a team you really want to be playing on the wing for if you're an exciting attacking winger. It's not really the best environment to showcase your talents. Maybe it's the same at Leicester because he just didn't seem to get any opportunities. Um, the Leicester replacement scrum half, I think his last name is Powell, but I could be wrong. I hate his hair. He's got that annoying, curly, long hair, but it doesn't really grow well at the front. It reminds me of, do you remember Tony Brown, the New Zealand fly half? He played for the All Blacks a fair few times. Now he's an attack coach somewhere, I think maybe at Japan or Fiji or something. He um, he always had, like, he always tried to grow long hair and it was very curly, but it's kind of thinner at the front and the top. So he starts growing a kind of a mullet. And over time, it thins even more. And he's forced to cut it. So as you see Tony Brown now, he actually doesn't look as bad as he used to. But this uh, replacement scrum half, I forget his name. He's got a similar situation going on. Silly, curly hair that I don't like. And when the sale prop, um, what's his name? The bloody sales prop, been there for ages, got a bit of a baby face, blonde, curly hair. He smashed this Leicester replacement scrum half in one tackle. And it was just an explosion of blonde, curly hair that I personally found aesthetically displeasing. Um, Sale won this match in a way that kind of reminded me of they kind of reminded me of South Africa because it's super super close maybe they shouldn't have won but two weeks in a row now they've managed to get the job done um, next match Harlequins versus Exeter how could this not be a fun match but heartbreaking because Josh Hodge last week completely dominant absolutely the standout player of the premiership last week. And this week he started the same way. His very first carry, he dissected the Quinn's defense, looked super threatening. Um, and I found myself asking how many of these Arundel-esque performances, you know what I mean when I say Arundel-esque, like just, just beating defenders for fun. How many more, how many of these does he have to have before he starts becoming talked about in England conversations very seriously but I may have shyest him because I wrote that down and shortly after that he got what looked like a very serious injury. Um, I also noticed Aaron Painter, formerly at Saints, is now at Exeter. Didn't see him do anything, but he is a massive English tighthead who at one point looked like he had England potential. Let's hope he can come good. Um, Louis Liner, what a great winger he is. Ooh, you know what? Um... Borthwick better cap him quickly before he goes to bloody Australia or Italy or whoever else he qualifies for. I forget. 
um, because he is a special talent. And I was listening to him talk. He's got an English accent. That's all I need. He's English. Um, highlight of this match had nothing to do with rugby. It was when the Scottish commentator, I don't know his name, who it was, um, had an in-depth, sort of paid an in-depth homage to Tyrone Green's Dragon Ball Z tattoo. Um, he went into huge detail about the tattoo, who the characters in it were, and what battle was taking place. A uh, huge nerdathon, which I enjoyed because I'm really into anime, by the way, but not Dragon Ball Z. I don't give a shit about Dragon Ball Z. I'm more into Dorohedoro, a hunter, hunter, death note, seven diddly scenes, and attack on a titan. That's just how I talk. That's the correct pronunciation. There's nothing racist going on there, if that's what you're thinking. Um, so Exeter narrowly lost this match, didn't they? Very close match. Nothing to panic about, although it was a huge come down after that huge win over Saracens. They would have wanted to win, but Harlequins are quality. Um, and Exeter, I'm still not convinced by Will Skinner at fly half. Because to me, this is the thing. I love an exciting player. Like uh, I love a, uh, a Marcus Smith type player or a Finn Russell type player. Um, but consistency at fly half is the number one thing. It's the most important thing to me. Like you've got to pass efficiently, kick efficiently, make your, um, make your tackles, you know, exploit space, manage the game, you know, um, all of the basics. You have to do them perfectly as much as possible, as consistently as possible. Once you can do all of that shit, then we can talk about attacking threat and a more exciting style of play. But Will Skinner, I feel like he's a bit shaky. I just never really have full confidence in him. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know what's happened to... Oh, did Joe Simmons leave? He did, I think. Jesus, that's a shame. Um, Alex Dombrand had another great game. Uh, good to see. Uh, Kenningham. Also had a really good gaming. I kept mixing up. Is it Jack Kenningham? I think his name's Jack. I kept mixing up Kenningham with Dombrandt. I don't know if Dombrandt has... I heard that Dombrandt has lost a bit of weight, sleeked down, slimmed down a bit to be a bit more athletic. Either that or Kenningham has bulked up a bit because I kept mixing them up. They both played great. There were a lot of good performances. It was such a fun game to watch. Have I done everything? Yeah, it was. that was every match I think I covered there. Um, standout players this week... I should have made a note off the top of my head. Ha- ha- uh, head, yes, Alex Dombrandt, Tommy Freeman playing center looked absolutely great. Little Harry Randall running with his candle, being very careful not to spill the wax from the candle on his sandal. Right, that's all I have to say about him. Uh, who else? Uh, I'm looking at the England notes for some reason, so that fucked me. Uh, yeah, Tom Pearson looking good. Uh, as I mentioned, um, Jamie Shilcock. Uh, you know, I want to start doing, and I'll try harder next week. Sorry, it's World Cup week and weekend and birthday week, so it's been hard for me to get all this shit done. It's probably picking a team of the week, so I'll do that next time. But I don't know if you can tell, I'm actually really tired and not doing a great job of this. Um regardless of the low quality, please subscribe to this if you haven't already. Follow me on Twitter at Eddie Stevens with an extra S at the end. Follow me on Instagram at Eddie Stevens Massive. Follow me on TikTok at Eddie Stevens Zero. 
And for the love of fucking God, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Rugby Ranta Banter. Um, I'll be back in a few days, I suppose. So chill out. Bye-bye.